Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the podcast that never hesitates, comes right out when any other podcast has anything that happens that isn't fantastic. We come right out. And we smash them to smithereens. We don't hesitate. We don't wait. We don't think about it. We don't write out some scripted remarks. We come right out. We pound them and we finish them and we pound them into the ground podcast. Speaking of which, I have with me the world's greatest podcasting host who never pulls the punches, who always finishes what he starts, who pounds the opposition into submission. It's the one and only Mr. Everett Farnell. Oh, Steve, I appreciate it. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And, and yeah, you know, we destroy the competition. As a matter of fact, you know, I, it, funny enough, I wrote a sales letter one time for a guy in a very tight niche. And within four weeks after me writing the sales letter, all of his comp there were there were only a, a handful of competition. Two of the competition said, "Oh, we're out. There's no more money in this. In this, there's no more people doing this. We're going to close down our businesses." Within four weeks of him putting up his sales letter, and by the way, he was having a record year in the last like 15 years he's been in business. He was having a record year with the sales letter, and it sucked all the oxygen out of the niche. So yeah, we you know we damn do that reminds me of the down. three and a half years I spent as a yellow page advertising fixing ads for people famously i would fix an ad for one advertiser that i was assigned out of the entire heading and they would suck every single call out of the heading so you know the old yellow pad is still around but you open it up and there's 15 different plumbers or landscapers or whatever and people look around and who are they going to call well i took every call out of the heading and i had a what they call the tips sheet to prove it. It was TYPS, Tracking Yellow Pages Success. We'd put a tracking number in, and then they would print up the sheet, and I had like a 17-page report of all the calls coming in, all the metered, tracked calls coming in. <laughs> and the next year, pages. yeah, and so this, this landscaper, in this one case, went from nothing to being like, holy cremole, had to hire and get new trucks and do whatever, thing. he exploded. The next year, they promoted promoted me and assigned me to the landscaper in that same book who had the bigger ad, the biggest ad in the heading. And I walked right. in and of course the guy said to me just what you just did. He just looked right at me and said, that's it. We're canceling our ad. Nobody uses the yellow pages anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold it. Wait a minute. Here's a report. You see this ad? Here's the report. I fixed that last year. You've got an ad twice the size. I can't even imagine what I can do for you with twice the space. I can actually destroy that other ad because he's no longer my client now. I'm working with you. 
but I could not convince the guy. Unfortunately, the way the Yellow Pages worked, for 11 months, all he thought about is, I'm canceling, I'm canceling, I'm canceling. And me coming in, I could not change his mind in right. sitting there for an hour, even showing him 17 pages to prove not only does people use the Yellow Pages, but everyone who does is calling your competitor because of my ad. That's exactly how it works. When you write something that works, all the competitors sit there and go, oh, gee, I guess there's nobody buying anything. <laughs> you know, there's just nobody <laughs> buying it from you. <laughs> anyway, so what's this got to do with a lesson learned from Donald Trump? Well, this week you saw the disappointing, dilapidated, debacle, disaster, dementia, whatever you want to call it, of Robert Mueller coming out and trying to talk about a report that he knew nothing about he didn't write one word of, he didn't oversee one interview of, he didn't hire any of the staff, he didn't do nothing of, and they trot him out into these two different Capitol Hill congressional hearing, whatever you call it, and he just makes a fool out of every anti-Trumper in the history of all time. So here's the thing. After that, the Democrats who for three years have been attacking Trump and Mueller's going to be our savior and the Mueller report and they're going to indict and they're going to impeach and they're going to whatever and nothing happens. Well, then we'll read it ourselves. Yeah, okay. Then we'll get all the actors to read it. Yeah, okay. Now we'll get Mueller to come out and breathe life into it. And as one anti-Trumper disappointed Democrat said, Mueller didn't breathe life into it. He sucked the life out of it. So here he is wobbling. The anti-Trumpers are wobbling like a punch-drunk fighter that's been hit one too many times, but somehow he's still standing in the middle of the ring. And Trump, like any great fighter that Trump is, smells the blood, has the incredible killer instinct, and he says, don't write anything up, don't do any kind of surveys, don't do anything, don't set up a podium and a mic, don't do nothing. I am getting out on that lawn immediately, I'm addressing the press immediately, and I'm going to put an end to this sucker right now. And he walks out under the guise of I'm getting into the helicopter, which who knows if that helicopter wasn't supposed to leave for two hours. But Trump says, oh, no, you don't get me out there right this minute, the second the hearing ended. I am going to knock this thing out. And whatever question anyone asked him, he just talked about how disappointing Mueller was, how the Democrats were on a witch hunt, how the hoax, how it's over, how forget it, how they got nothing, there's no collusion, no control, no whatever the heck everything was. And he comes out and he knocks him out with the killer instinct. I love it. That's exactly what he did. He put him up against the ropes, and he did just the opposite of the rope-a-dope. He did what Foreman was famous for doing until, of course, he met Ali, and that was just pounding people into the ground. A barrage of fantastic shots that just were overpowering and knocked his opponents out. Now, here's the thing. He did that because he has a killer instinct. As you aptly pointed out in our pre-show, he is perhaps one of the best metaphorical street fighters when it comes to working in the press. He just, I mean, he, he goes after his opponents with vitriol, maybe not with vitriol, but he goes after his opponents 100% and he just with destroys them. And that's what our listeners, that's what you have to understand, dear listener, is that that's what you have to do in business. You have to go completely after your opponent, completely after your goals. So let's say you're on a sales call. You're in somebody's house, you're selling them something. Let's assume you're in the contracting business. Now, you know that you're probably not the lowest, at least I hope if you're listening to this podcast, you're not the lowest price, price provider 
in your area. However, you also know that you do a fantastic job, that you do a better job than anybody else, <coughs> which you're able to do because you charge more than anybody else. You also know that this person needs, because they are, uh, perhaps they're low on money, so they cannot afford to have a half-done job and then pay to have the done job done again in six months or a year, and then pay to have the job done again in six months or a year. They need it done right, and they need it done the first time, and they need to know how much it's going to cost them for real and honestly, how much it's going to cost them right now. So now you're sitting at the table, and you know that they can get it done for 40% less than what you're charging. But you also know that if they get that discount provider, they're going to have a hell of a time with it. They're going to have to keep paying to have the work done over and over and over again. So you have got to have a killer instinct to go for the close. You've got to know that even though it seems painful, even though they're going to win, even though there may be something inside you saying, maybe they should go for the lower price provider because then it's not going to eat up so much of their cash. You know that you have to go for the close because you're the better solution. They need your product. They need your service. I, I mean, look, the other option is they you're in the roofing business. They have water falling on their head. You're in the plumbing business and they have a house full of mold because the plumbing leak comes back again and again and again, and again. At least if you fix it, it's fixed right the first time, and they don't have the health problems associated with that. You're in the HVAC business. This goes for in any business you're in. I'm just using contracting because, as you know, I, I have a background in contracting. So it, it kind of naturally comes to my mind, but this works the same for retail. If somebody comes into your retail establishment, they didn't come in to get out of the rain. They came in to buy something, and you're either going to sell it to them or they're going to go somewhere else and buy it. Well, that's true. No matter what they said, they are not just looking. Exactly. Yeah, they, they, nobody's just looking. They're just looking for something to buy. That's what they're just looking for. And it's your job to help them find the right thing and purchase it. So you've got to keep that killer instinct. you got to keep the killer instinct with your vendors. And we talk about this. So, I mean, how many people have you talked to, Steve, that they say, oh, no, so we've been buying our widgets from Brenda for 20 years. She gives us the best price. Meanwhile, they haven't shot ben Brenda's price in 17 of the 20 years. And come to find out, Brenda's overcharging them by 35% or something like that for, for the same widget. How, how often have you found that with, uh, with your clients? I know I find it all the time. Well, of course. And here's the thing. Nowadays, dear listener, I know you're thinking, you know, like, yeah, here's the thing. Stephen Everett, that sounds real great, but I don't have in a, a press corps hanging on every word, hanging outside my office all day long just waiting for me to come out and say something and get on a helicopter and fly somewhere. So I don't know what you're talking about. I can't just go out there and, well, here's the thing. Yes, you can, because nowadays there's something called social media, and hopefully you have accounts on social media. So the second something happens to one of your competitors and they're, quote, on the ropes like Mueller was and he was wobbling and just waiting to go down, you get on there and you pound away. That's what you'll see whenever there's something that goes on in the media and immediately news breaks of, hey, there's a food poisoning about X brand of whatever and they're recalling 4,000 tubs of chicken nugget whatever the heck. You, as the competing chicken nugget company, come right out and go, hey, our chicken nuggets have never been recalled unless by our customers coming in to recall them every day into their mouth because they're the greatest. You come right out and you finish your opponent with a killer instinct. You don't sit there and go, oh, wow, 
That's great news. See, here's what you could have done, and here's what a lesser, which is everybody, fighter would have done. You'd say, wow, that was really terrible. That was embarrassing. That was a disaster. I'll bet the the whole thing just wilts and dies right now. The whole anti-Trump movement is gone and dying. And and I'll bet that would happen if you sat there and said, oh, wow, you know, those chicken nuggets have just been recalled from that company. Wow, they're going to be struggling and dying, and it's going to be ugly for them. No, 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 no. Just don't let them just die. Get out there and finish them. Get out there, and they're teed up. Take out your driver and smash them 300 yards down the middle of the fairway. They are teed up when they are wobbling, and you get out there like Trump did after Mueller was wobbling with the whole anti-Trump investigation for three years. The whole thing is wobbling on its final legs. A lesser fighter would have said, wow, that thing's going to die. And maybe it would, and maybe it wouldn't, and maybe it would in a week. Or maybe the anti-Trumpers will come out and rescue it. Because I, I got to tell you, the flip side of this is Pelosi came out like half an hour later, flanked by the two Democrat heads of those two committees that had the disastrous Mueller hearings. And she came out and said, you see, Mueller said a couple of interesting things there. and We got to keep investigating. What? Well, yeah, too late. You came out half an hour. Trump had already been pounding away for 29 minutes. <laughs> but you were sitting there going, hey, get a podium out. Set some microphones up. Let me get these other two guys to go. Oh, they're on the phone. We'll get them over here. Hey, my staff, write some notes up and give me some bullet points and write up a script and prepare a statement. And like Trump's like, no, we don't got no time for that. We are listeners to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. And Stephen Everett is telling us, get out there and finish them with the finishing blow before your competitor can come out and go, oh, okay, yeah, so we had a recall of those chicken nuggets, but you know what? We've got a whole new batch ready to go. We've isolated the problem. It's never going to happen again. We're swiftly recalling it. We're replacing it with something better, and we're going to give everyone a free pack, blah, blah, blah. Uh, don't let them do that. Get out there and finish them when they're wobbling like you see Donald Trump doing. Here's a freebie for our listeners. It was something I had to plan. The planning phase before I got out of the contracting business, (laughs) we were going to start filming other contractors, especially contractors we knew who did a subpar job. We were going to have them come out to a house and then have them start work. And and we were in the roofing business, so we were going to have them start work on the roof. And then we were going to film them doing the work on the roof, covertly film them so they didn't know what was going on take a look at the work at the end of every day, and then catch them on their way, uh, finish up the job, and corner them and start questioning them about all the corners that they cut and all the shit jobs that they did, and how could they do this, and uh, how could they try and trick the code inspector like that, and how could they do that to the homeowner who was paying them good money, and that was going to be one of our positioning pieces, because we are going to be the roofing company that advocated for customers. Smile, you know, you're consumer. on candid roofer camera. Exactly. Yeah, we were going to smash them. It would have been so much fun. But unfortunately, (laughs) I got out of the business. And then, of course, once I sold the company, their marketing became a little less aggressive. Let's just put it. Let me guess. The person who took it over was not a listener to the lessons learned from Donald Trump podcast and did not have the killer instinct. And there's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. They let him up. And they let their competitor keep taking money out of their prospects' pockets, which does no good for anybody but the crappy acting competitor. It was bad for the homeowner to pay less and get a heck of a lot less in return, so their roof is leaking and mold is coming in and their family's getting sick. You didn't do them any favors. 
You didn't do yourself any favors. You didn't do your employees any favors. You didn't do anyone any favor except for the underperforming company if you don't finish them when they're wobbling. Now, speaking of which, you need to finish this lesson learned from Donald Trump by going over to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com and getting the advanced tip this week. Do not hesitate. Like Pelosi, don't wait half an hour. Don't wait a few days. Don't go, oh, that tip was good enough. Finish it. Get over to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. Get the advanced tip of the week, put it into action, and take this where it belongs to the absolute nth degree so you can put the finishing blow on any possible competition that stands between you and your prospects who have your money in their pocket. And we will be back next week to help you get some more of your money out of your prospect's pocket with another lesson on the lessons learned from Donald Trump Podcast. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com and join us next time, unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.